Hello, everyone, and welcome back to this edition of Roar Lions Roar. I'm your host tonight, Matt Filipovitz, and I am joined by my terrific co-host, Bill DeFilippo. Bill, hello. How are you? Uh, I'm doing good, Matt. Uh, it's a really, really fun week in the sports calendar for a reason that we will be talking about uh, on this episode. So The USFL's back. Sure, that's what I meant. Uh, is... Was the U.S. No, it was the AAF was the one that COVID killed where they were very clearly just trying to like get their app. They had like a really good app and all they wanted to do was very obviously like get the NFL to buy it. I think it was that it was also the one where Hackenberg played for. I think they were called the Memphis Express. Uh, so it was a, it was a hell of a league. Hack played for. Let's see. The Memphis Express. That's right. Let's nailed see. it. Uh, Two thousand and Manziel played for them too. Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm now looking to see who the the leaders were in the uh, in the league. Uh, the leader in passing yards and touchdown passing yards was Garrett Gilbert. Passing touchdowns, John Wolford. Interceptions, Mike Bercovici, who, if I remember correctly, in the first game of the year, got absolutely lit up by somebody. Oh, what a curse. I, what a cur- I, I wonder how long these like knockoff spring pro leagues are going to last. Like, I think I saw on Twitter the viewership numbers from the XFL's return, and it was like 40% of what they had before that COVID shut that mm-hmm. one down. I, I don't think this is a profitable business model. I, my, my, my guess is that when there's not like two or three separate ones trying to get attention, maybe it'll work a little bit better for them. But yeah, like at the end of the day, at the end of the day, and it's an issue that like we run into in college football it's that like when we watch the nfl we want to see the very best nfl football we can get when we watch georgia and alabama and ohio state and and michigan and increasingly penn state and all these it's because that's the best version of that football but when we're watching like rutgers against northwestern it's very obvious that like we could be spending our time doing something else. Bill, let's move off the topic of these weird minor <laughs> league teams and let's talk about the actual Penn State football news of the week. It is, of course, NFL Draft Week, and we will be that'll be the meat and potatoes of this episode. But one thing I want to make sure we hit on at the top is the two-week transfer portal window in the spring is open. Things are active. Penn State has seen two members of the roster from the spring enter the portal, uh, and one former member of the roster enter the portal. Um, we'll start with Storm Duck, who I was really surprised to see go. Same. He's a guy who was here for, what was it, Bill, four and a half months? Like, it really was not that long. Um, but he's a all, former All-ACC corner. He's a guy who wants to play a lot his last year. And I think there might've just been too much competition ahead of him for him to think this is the best place for me to put enough on film to get to the pros. Yeah. And it's interesting because uh, I have to assume that James Franklin, uh, Manny Diaz, Terry Smith, etc. cetera, um, I have to assume that if they thought they were taking a guy who was wired like that, they wouldn't have taken him in the first place. Like it, just everything that we know about how this program runs, the thought of a guy stepping in or transferring in 
and not getting his way and then immediately dipping before he could ever play it. Like that, that just doesn't track. So I wouldn't be surprised if like they were caught off guard a little bit by that, but yeah, like it, it's ultimately, I don't want to say a good thing, right? Because Storm Duck's a hell of a football player. But if Penn State has two players good enough in Kalen King and Johnny Dixon playing cornerback, that the second team all ACC guy that they brought in went, I'm just not going to play enough for my liking. I, I'm upset that he's gone. I think he would have been a valuable contributor to this team. But it's not the end of the world. There's two layers to this. The first one, just in the cornerback room alone, he would have been a top four corner. I think you got to put Daquan Hardy as the nickel in a bit of a different category. Yeah. He was ne- He's not really a guy who's going to play outside. Like, Storm Duck can play outside. It's just a matter of if he would have been number three over Cam Miller or number four behind Cam Miller. So it, he would have played a ton. It's a bummer. The other thing I'm curious about is what the defense ran in the spring And if the obvious passing down situation was more safety heavy than it was corner Mm. heavy, like in a lot of aspects of football, it's always you bring on an extra corner, an extra two corners. I mean, everything we're hearing is that Penn State has four safeties they feel really good about. I wonder if it was just that reps that traditionally go to corners in football, Penn State safety room is built for that specifically. So they went with four safeties instead. So right there, there's two huge gaps where Storm Duck could get a lot of reps other places. And he, again, he just decided like, look, I got to get in the best position to put enough film on tape for the pros. And he's not going to get, he's not guaranteed to find it here. I'm not saying he wouldn't find it here, but you know, if you're in year four, year five, whatever year he's in, you're, you're taking the guarantee. Yeah. And I know you and I disagree a bit on what the safety room is right now now but that's a conversation for another podcast like i i think at the end of the day at the end of the day he is not leaving i would assume unless he was leaving for an opportunity that is better than the opportunity he could get in happy valley uh what interests me is i don't think we have heard anything about where he's going next I think he just announced. We have not. Yeah. So he announced that his plan was to leave Penn State and go somewhere else. Um, give me a second. I just found something on um, on Louisville's fan-sided site. Um, That's a good spot for him. He'll join yeah. uh, former Penn Stater Rodney McGraw in the ACC, back in the ACC, if that is indeed a, a potential destination. Yeah. I, it says that um, – Yeah, it doesn't seem like there's anything other than, you know, kind of hoping and then, you know, trying to read into some tweets from a a Louisville player right now. So, you know, regardless, my main point is that it's interesting to me that he didn't enter the portal and within, you know, one day end up somewhere else. I'm really interested in whether or not this is something that has been in the works for a long time, or if this is something that, you know, after the spring game, he took a day or two and decided, you know, just not going to be for me. Which is, which is totally fine. Like, look, it's, you know, it's a net neutral. Like it it sucks. You know, you want to see a guy want to compete, but again, I'm not the one with potentially millions on the line to gain. So I can't, I can't really fault the kids. So, 
best of luck to Storm Duck, uh, Cam Miller, you know, Daquan Hardy, um, Elliot Washington, next man up uh, kind of mentality from here on out. And I trust Terry Smith will have guys ready. And and the, I'm one thing that I would love to know is when he went to them and said, hey, this is what I think I want to do. How like hard and frantic were they in like trying to sell him on not leaving? Because the one thing I think we could absolutely say is that, you know, there it, it the cornerback room isn't 100% like every single dude here. We've seen what they could do. We know what they could do. Johnny Dixon, Kalen King, we're no, we know are really good. Daquan Hardy, like you mentioned, plays a slightly different uh, position from the rest of them. But it is probably, I like to think, an endorsement of Cam Miller and potentially an endorsement of Elliot Washington that he is, he is now in the portal and there isn't like widespread panic about, Oh, I don't know how we're going to be able to survive with him gone. And the other name uh, from the spring roster to enter the portal. And again, there's still a week to go. So we'll address this a little bit later on um, in the spring, probably next week when that window formally closes. Again, this is just for non graduate transfers, draft, Grad transfers can enter whenever they'd like, uh, but Jimmy Crest will be entering the portal or has entered the portal and has already found a home. He will be going to the Virginia Cavaliers, where he originally committed as a recruit. Um, Bill, uh, Christ or Christ, whatever, however you pronounce his name, uh, he was a guy who played a lot of special teams. He was the third tackle to an extent after uh, Olu Pashano and Caden Wallace went down, who got some good run. But I think it's fair to say he was passed by Drew Shelton um, and potentially by, you know, Javen Williams or J.B. Nelson. Or I, I think I think Chris just saw the writing on the wall. And again, best of luck to the kid. Yeah, I mean, we'll see what Williams and Birch, my Alex Birchmeyer turned into. Uh, but generally, Penn State knows what it has at one tackle. Olu Fashanu is an NFL caliber guy at the other tackle. You know, we're still trying to wait and see between Caden Wallace and Drew Shelton, but. It's not like offensive tackle is a position where there's a ton of rotation, right? Like Drew Shelton and Caden right. Wallace, maybe on the right side, will rotate a bit. But for every snap that he's healthy, and you know, now you got a, now there's one less kind of backup plan in the event Olu gets hurt. Olu's going to be the guy over there. Caden Wallace and Drew Shelton are going to be the guys over on the right. Maybe if Wallace is able to stay healthy. Uh, and while he's able to put a good season up, if there is rotation, it is we're going to get Drew some reps, reps on the left. And then when blowouts roll around, all right, we're going to get Javen. We're going to get Alex a couple of reps. So it was just mm-hmm. really hard to see a realistic scenario where he was ever going to be a guy who got even backup reps for Penn State, which, you know, not, that's not to say he's a bad player. He's potentially a very good player just on campus at a time when Penn state has a covered stock at that position. And he now gets to uh, head down to Virginia uh, where he's from. And he plays under a coach uh, in Bronco. Oh wait, no Bronco Mendenhall has gone now. It's now uh, Tony Elliott, correct? Correct. Yeah. Tony Elliott's the coach there. Now he gets to play for, uh, you know, a young, exciting coach in Tony Elliott right in his backyard. So I really cannot blame him for this. Uh, and with this departure, uh, Chris, of course, a member of the 2020 recruiting class, uh, the final one under Matt Limegrover, uh, still four members of that class on the Penn State roster in Olu Pashanu, Nick Dawkins, Ibrahim Traore, 
and uh, Golden Israel Achumba, uh, all of which have had varying roles in the Penn State yeah. uh, offense over the years. Uh, and then one more we'll hit on Bill, just because I'm I'm really happy for him. I'm happy he's going to continue chasing the dream. Uh, Devin Ford entered yeah. the portal. He left the program after four games in the fall. Uh, great ambassador for the program. You know, it was cool to see him rip off a big catch against Auburn, had a big fourth down conversion against Purdue. Uh, I want the world for the kid. I hope wherever he goes, he has a ton of success. Uh, he preserved his red shirt. So although he was a true freshman in 2019, he carries eligibility now through the 2024 season. Mm-hmm. So good luck to everybody. Good luck to all those players. Um, also walk on Bobby Walchuk entered the portal, a walk on linebacker. Uh, but the big names, I think, among the scholarship guys are Storm Duck, uh, Jimmy Crist, and Devin Ford. Bill, any thoughts on on Devin Ford? No, just ec- echoing every sentiment that you uh, shared. He's a guy who um, came into the program with a lot of hype, had a bit of an up-and-down career, seemed like he had a uh, really good perspective on things when he discussed them last year uh, before he decided, you know what, I'm going to uh, look to continue my football career elsewhere. And like you mentioned, he has another two years of eligibility uh, this year and next year and wherever he ends up, you know, I hoping the world for him. Cause like we said, just seems like a really good guy and a really good ambassador for Penn state and whatever other program he ends up at now. And, uh, and Kayvon Lee, we want to make sure we mention is still in the portal. I saw he took a visit, a visit, excuse me, down to Mississippi state this week. So yeah. uh, good luck to, good luck to wherever he ends up. Um, that'll be cool. So, Bill, we got another about another week left with the portal window open. You know, Franklin at his pre, uh, post blue white press conference made it clear that if a player that they think can help them win becomes available, they're going to chase after it. Do, what's set the over under here? One and a half guys they get out of this portal window, and what position? I'll say under. I will say they get one guy, and it is at cornerback so they can you know bolster the depth a little bit there I think I've seen that they've put offers out to a wide receiver to I believe one of them is the Colorado wide receiver who had a really good spring game for them I apologize for not thinking of his name right now but his first name is Montana yeah. which is kick-ass yeah. that's awesome so you know hope if they're going to add someone to this team uh just to, I, I would like it to be just another guy they trust or not even, not even necessarily they trust because if you're down to your fifth cornerback it could just be someone who's able to, you know, give you five, 10 good snaps a game at the absolute worst. So I'll say they get one guy and it's a cornerback. I, I'm i not sure yet. I, by my count, there are 86 scholarships heading into the fall. Yeah, that was my so next they're question. already over. They're already, it's by, it's by my count. So don't, don't quote me on that. That is from a running notes app in my phone. I believe that's accurate though. So you know, there's always a freshman who, who you know, never really makes it on the campus for one reason or another. Like, it, there's going to be attrition. I think if they get anything, it'll be a defensive tackle just to help bolster that a little bit. You know, Bear Alexander went to USC, which was the big name there. But maybe somebody, you know, from a from a group of five school pops up that they take a flyer on for some extra depth. But I, I think I think what's on the like what they have right now is is what they're going to go into the fall with. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, should be, uh, should be interesting to see how this last week shakes out, but Bill, let's get into it. Let's get into what everybody's here to listen to. And that is the 2023 NFL draft. It is here. Penn state has a good number of prospects that look like they are going to be drafted, whether that be first round picks or guys who are very clearly day three picks. And Bill, I think it's only fair that we start with 
what I think everybody believes, and I'm willing to say as fact, Joey Porter Jr. is going to be the first Penn State defensive back taken in the first round. Fair to say? Yeah, I mean, I'd be I'd be really surprised if he wasn't his uh, profile, his skill set, or his physical profile, his skill set, his uh, athletic traits. They're all things that NFL teams would like to get um, out of a cornerback, potential starting cornerback in the lead. Uh, Dane Brugler over the athletic has three cornerbacks with a clear cut first round grade. Joey Porter Jr. is one of the three uh, has in his third behind Christian Gonzalez of Oregon and Devin Witherspoon of Illinois. So uh, I'd be very, yeah, I, I don't think he's, you know, I don't think he's going to be a top five, top 10 kid or anything like that. But I do think that, a team high end of the back half of round one is going to get a really good football player. Where would you like to see him? I mean, obviously what he did well in college is going to translate to the pros. He's never going to ever shut down an entire half of the field again. Like that's just something that only elite level college corners do. Nobody shuts down an entire half of the field in the NFL, but his long arms, his good ball skills, he's a good tackler. He cleaned up the penalties this year. Where do you think where do you think he goes? What what team do you hope he goes to? What kind of role do you think he can step into on day 1? So here's my thing with Joey Porter Jr. I think there is one NFL team. I well I think there are a lot of NFL teams that could use him, certainly. I think uh, a team like Washington could use him, a team like Pittsburgh could really use him. Um, but there's one team in particular on the off chance he's able to fall past those various teams, uh, throw New England in there, uh, teams that could use him. One team in particular that I think he could walk into a starting role, he would be across from a very good, one already very good cornerback. He'd walk into a very good secondary on a very good defense on a team that values length and athleticism and kind of the tenacity and football IQ that Joey Porter Jr. bring. You're going to make people mad with the this. issue is that his name is Joey Porter. And I don't know if the Baltimore Ravens can justify drafting the son of Joey Porter. So um, if they pat my, my guess is ultimately they wouldn't pass on him for that reason. No, um, no way. Uh, but I don't exactly think his old man would be wearing uh, his son's Jersey uh, ever. Uh, I think it'd be cool to see him there. Um, again, neither of us are, Bill, what is your NFL allegiance? Do I is it technically the Buffalo Bills? No, I don't. I don't have an NFL team. I uh, I okay. I, I actually grew up a Patriots fan, but I get I, I don't have a team anymore. I, I prefer to just be able to watch the great game of football unencumbered. Sorry, so neither of us have any loyalties to the NFL teams that most of our listeners love. Um, yeah, he'd be cool on the Ravens. Uh, go Bears, first of all. Uh, but he would be great on the Ravens. I think yeah. he plays a very physical brand of football. I like him playing for a Harbaugh. I think that's a really hard-nosed football mind. Uh, and I think that's a defense that likes to get after the quarterback and can hurry um, that clock in a quarterback's head and force some bad throws. So I think him... Uh, alongside Kyle Hamilton, that is a lanky secondary yeah. if it is indeed the route they choose to go. And as I, you so. know, looking through uh, looking through the draft, you get through the top 10 or so, and I think Witherspoon and Gonzalez are both going to go in or around there. 
get past the Eagles. And then you look at the Titans, they don't really need a cornerback. Jets, they don't need a cornerback. Patriots could use one. Commanders could use one. Steelers could use one. I think all those teams have other needs. I think the Patriots going and getting some uh, getting a body across their offensive line would be really big for Bill O'Brien in his first year as offensive coordinator. The commanders, I think they need to put an infrastructure around. They're going with Sam Howell as their uh, quarterback to start the year, but they need to have an infrastructure in place (laughs) in case they get Caleb Williams or Drake Bay next year. And then the Steelers, uh, you know, I I wouldn't be surprised if they got Kenny Pickett some help, whether that's up front or getting his old buddy Jordan Addison. But we'll see what ends up happening. I mean, if he falls to the Ravens, I just can't imagine them passing on someone who is – they're not taking any of the quarterbacks, even with the Lamar Jackson stuff out there. I don't know if they would take a wide receiver now that they've got Odell around. So I, I think Porter would actually be a really good, sensible pick for them outside of, you know, um, you know, this is like Coach K's kid committing to UNC or something like that. I mean, Harbaugh has liked drafting Penn State players in the past. Adafi Owe, Trace McSorley, Jordan Stout are just a couple yeah. recent ones. Like, yeah. there's history here. There's there's definitely that relationship. Bill, I think the guy we're going to talk about next, we're going to do defense first, then offense. Cool. I think Jair Brown's going to play a decade in the pros. It wouldn't surprise me. I mean, his – it it was funny because I was watching the Combine and Tig went up there and – ran his 40 and it wasn't anything especially good. Uh, he ran a four, six, five, his athletic, the rest of his athleticism testing wasn't like stellar. And then I think Daniel Jeremiah was on uh, the broadcast and basically said like, that wasn't great, but just wait, like wait until he gets out in the field. And then he gets out and he does the field drills and everything just looks incredibly natural and easy for him. Uh, Dane Brugler has a third round grade on him, which I think is about right. But I think whatever team ends up drafting him is going to get a guy who, you know, his football IQ, his knowledge of how to play the position and his nose for big plays are things that you love to have on your football team. For him, it's versatility it's intelligence and it's athleticism. I, one of the clips I've seen of him is not that I don't, not that I want to watch very much of 2022 Penn state, Michigan, but there's that play. And I think it's third and goal where Brown's on the line with his hand in the dirt. And yeah. he gets off an offensive lineman and gets a tackle for loss. Like not a lot of safeties. Number one are willing to do that. And number two, have the ability to do that. So he's a guy who I think is going to play a very, very, very long time in the NFL. I think, you know, maybe make a, I don't think he's going to be like a perennial all pro, but he's a guy who I think is going to make a lot of money and he's going to be a very good, not only defender, but special teams player for a lot of, for a lot of years. And and I really hope he goes latter end of the second round, just with those ball skills, because I think you're, you're getting an absolute steal if he's still there in the third round. Yeah. I'm, I'm inclined to agree with that. I and mean, he's a guy who, uh, he's going to step into whatever locker room he steps into and immediately bring some level of leadership, of professionalism, of all these sorts of things that 
you know, we saw it at Penn State. How many times while we were at Penn State was Jire Brown, you know, kind of a spokesperson for Penn State's defense. And I think that teams are going to like that stuff and they're going to want to bring him in. And you look at where he could potentially land. And I'd love to see him on a team that values versatility in their safeties, uh, whether that means he goes to, you know, a place like New England, probably not a place like Baltimore, because I don't know if he's going to, uh, he'd play a ton there, a place like the Eagles, a place uh, the Niners, the Bills, the yeah. Bengals, and I was, or I was just about to say with the the place that I would like him to go, which is the Bills, because they have two very good safeties uh, in Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde, but they're both a little bit older, they're both a little bit injury prone, and you can kind of hold his hand a bit and get him used to life in the NFL. But once he gets used to that life in the NFL, I think he could be a really valuable guy in that secondary as a replacement for, you know, either one of them when time comes for uh, Micah Hyde or Jordan Poyer to play a little bit less football. Speaking of adjusting to life in the NFL, PJ Mustafer, his brother, Sam, a, a relatively long time center for my beloved Chicago bears. PJ's a guy who, Listen, he does nothing flashy. He has his stats aren't anything to write home about. He did exactly what he was supposed to do at Penn State for five years, and that is eat space. And if he can ever slide through, he never missed a tackle behind the line of scrimmage that I can remember. So, Bill, what do you think? Sixth round for PJ? It's interesting because both uh, Dane Brugler and uh, Lance Zierlein of NFL Network have him as not getting drafted. Zierlein has him as a priority free agent. Uh, Brugler has the exact same thing. With Mustafer, I think it's basically a... He's getting drafted. Yeah, I, I it, it's tough. I want to see him get drafted. I think his size and his physicality and his ability to eat up space are good things. I think his leadership qualities are things that NFL teams are going to want to have around. Um, but I, I'm a little bit worried with PJ that he's slow in basically every way that you can be slow. And I'm not sitting here saying that (laughs) I'm not sitting here saying that he needs to like be Aaron Donald as a defensive tackle or anything like that. That'd be ridiculous. What I am saying is that, you know, he doesn't get off the line of scrimmage, especially quickly. He, he, you know, he's able to, um, You know, he's able to uh, eat up space in the run game, but he's not someone who is going to be getting to um, getting to quarterbacks uh, all that frequently. I'm pulling it up right now. He had uh, three sacks over the course of his entire Penn State career and 11 tackles for loss. Not exactly the kind of numbers that I think you want out of a guy like that. Having said that, like we mentioned, his leadership skills, his his ability to eat up space, uh, the fact that he's a guy that you can bring in and he's immediately going to be good for your team's culture. I wouldn't be surprised if someone takes a late round flyer on him, but if we find ourselves sitting there on Saturday evening and we're waiting to see where he goes as a priority free agent, I wouldn't be stunned. So then, Bill, I guess we can kind of move on then from the defenders. I I don't think Sutherland's getting drafted. Yeah. I think he's a guy who maybe takes the Nick Scott route to an NFL roster and latches on on special teams. 
Uh, Nick Tarburton, I think, is going to get, you know, a cup of coffee in the league and what he does with that. You know, it, it's up to him. Um, Bill, anybody specialist wise, I think is interesting. I don't think Jake Pinneger is going to be drafted, but he's going to get a look in the camp. He's got a big leg. Uh, Robbie Gould famously was not great at Penn State and has gone on to become a phenomenal kicker at the NFL level. Barney Amore, draftable, undraftable. Where do you stand on this? I'm going to say undraftable because of his position, mostly. Um, Looking at what uh, Dane Brugler has, he has Amore as 19th out of 20th for punters. He doesn't have Pinnegar listed among his uh, kicker prospects, which... You know, yep. kicking is such a, um, you know, kicking is such a crapshoot unless you are mm-hmm. uh, Jake Moody from Michigan is their number one kicker. And like, yeah, that makes a ton of sense. He's a really good football yeah, player. That's right. He actually uh, has the highest Penn State specialist he has is Chris Stoll, uh, the long snapper. That's where I was going next. Has baby. him as a priority free agent, uh, which, again, yep. makes sense. No one's drafting a long snapper. So, uh, yeah. It would be cool if somebody did, though. It would. Yeah, he actually has one guy, uh, Alex Ward out of UCF as getting a draftable grade. So yeah, I mean, rooting for all these guys, if they, you know, if they can't make it in the NFL, whatever, but I hope they get an opportunity to chase their dream a little bit. And hopefully, you know, we're looking up here in five years and Jake Pinnegar is on an NFL roster. Barney Amore is on an NFL roster. Chris Stoll is on an NFL roster. I think at least two of these guys are going to make it to the end of a training camp. I think at least two of these guys are going to latch on long enough to get a serious roster look. Uh, which two of those are, I don't know. I think Stoll was one of them, and then it's between Pinnegar and Amore uh, from there on out. So, Bill, I was on the train today. Okay. And I was thinking to myself, I don't understand why everybody on this train is not wearing home field apparel on their way into work. Bill, what do you know about home field apparel? They give us money. They, they do give us money, first and foremost. And in return, we do these phenomenal and very well-prepared ad reads. Homefield Apparel, if you did not know, is our podcast sponsor. They make some of the coolest and I think most interesting and unique college apparel out there in the marketplace today. They have t-shirts, they have sweatshirts, sweatpants, hoodies, crewnecks they're doing bomber jackets please make a penn state bomber jacket please their 15 piece penn state collection has some really phenomenal merch in it i know bill and i both own more than a handful of items from them and our listeners can get 15 percent off their first order with promo code roar lions roar at checkout that's all caps and all one word again if you're not a penn state fan if you're just here for nfl draft content first of all There's so many other places to get more educated NFL draft content, but thank you for your download. Second of all, they also have a few other schools if you are an alumnus or a fan of any of the others. And again, 15% off your first order with promo code ROARLIONSROAR at checkout. Thank you to Homefield. Bill, let's talk about Parker Washington. Okay. What do you think? Are you are you aligned with the really weird Matt Millen take? Not that it was a bad take. It's just weird how like upfront he oh, was. Oh, Matt about Millen it. take that, was weird. Okay, all right. Listen, that's a I, that's a proud High Valley. I son. I love Matt Millen, a great Penn Stater. That is a weird guy. Blink twice uh, if you need help, Bill. <laughs> um, do you think Parker made a mistake leaving this early? <sighs> um. I think he did. I think that I, I forget where who the godfather of this take is, but 
the, the grades are either first round, second round, or return to school are the three buckets you should really consider yourself in. And coming off injury, I don't think Parker Washington is first or second round. I My thing is I don't think he'd be first or second round regardless because what's the stuff that Parker Washington is not great at? He's not incredibly fast. He's not super explosive and twitchy or anything like that. The stuff that he isn't necessarily great at are not mm-hmm. things that he can get better at. He's not going to suddenly go from, you know, a four, four, nine guy to a four, three, five guy. He's not suddenly going to put up these ridiculous agility numbers. And if he gets better at those things, those are things he can get better at in the NFL. You look at his kind of what I would say his uh, best case scenario comparison is a guy like Tyler Lockett for the Seattle Seahawks. Great, great career. That's a great career to have. Great career. Tyler Lockett went in the third round of the NFL draft. And I don't think there's a single person out there who would say Tyler Lockett made any sort of, uh, uh, he went after a senior season, so he would have uh, would have ended up being okay. Uh, but you then go to, okay, let's look at what Tyler Lockett did over the course of his NFL career or his college career. 249 catches, 3,710 yards, 29 touchdowns, added some rushing, added some uh, explosiveness in the return game, had more than 1,200 yards in two consecutive years. I don't think Parker Washington could get his production to a place where he would be that appealing based off of his numbers. So you look at this one more time, and then there is the final thing with Parker Washington, which is the fact that if he come goes back to school, he is entering the NFL next year at 22 years old, which is certainly not like an unforgivable thing, but you look at the very top of this draft class. Jackson Smith and Jigba is 21. Jordan Addison is 21. Jalen Hyatt is 21. Zay Flowers is 22. Quentin Johnson, 21. Josh Downs, 21. Tyler Scott, 21. It's a lot of a lot of the guys who are 22, 23 years old start getting third and fourth round grades. So I really, I would have loved to see him come back. I think Penn State would have been a lot better and had a lot fewer questions at wide receiver if he came back. But when I look at Everything that would go into what could he gain from coming back? What could he gain from going pro? The only thing he could gain from coming back is potentially helping Penn State this season. I don't think his that, draft stock would have been any better had he come back. That's that's a that's a really good point. I think I gotta I gotta take my Penn State hat off and look at the business side of it. Um, you know, I, I think I think he's a guy who's going to play a long time in the pros. Yeah. Again, him not being a burner and beating you other ways is very beneficial. Him showing he can play inside and out is really beneficial. Uh, I think he's a, I think he is a Chicago bear. I really want him to be a Chicago bear just per- personally, like selfishly. He was one of my favorite wide receivers to watch play at Penn state. He's just such a fluid and natural athlete. He had really good ball skills. He blocked pretty well. I, I just think he's a guy who's going to play a long time in the pros and day three on the Chicago bears. And I think he is an instant impact rookie if he's healthy. I, and I think you'd agree. Yeah. I, I, I'd certainly say that he has the potential uh, to be that I'd, I, I think he's going to be a pure slot receiver in the NFL and that's perfect. Yes. Agreed. That's perfectly Absolutely. fine. I mean, there, there are guys who have made, 
really, really long careers out of playing in the slot and being good at the stuff that he's good at, which is finding space in a defense, having really strong hands, being good at winning battles for the football. And even if he's not going to then catch the ball and blow you away running upfield or run, take off the top of a defense, I think he's going to be a really good kind of safety valve for a lot of offenses that have quarterbacks that like to air it out. I look at a team like Buffalo. I look at a team like Kansas City. I look at a team like the Chargers. I look at a team maybe not like the Dolphins because I think they probably need a little bit more size in other passing game, but maybe even a team like the Niners, teams where he'd be able to step in you know, you're not asking him from the rip to go out there and be a starting receiver who you feed over and over and over again. But he's put into an offense where he's going to be able to potentially catch a lot of footballs pretty quickly, get a lot of snaps pretty quickly. And again, turn into a safety valve for Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Josh Allen, those kinds of really elite, another team like the Bengals. Him is like Tyler Boyd's replacement for the Bengals when that time comes would be really awesome. So I'm looking at teams like that, that you have your number one receiver, maybe even have your number two receiver, but you're looking for a guy that you can rotate in in the slot. I think he would be a dynamite addition to those offenses. Are you buying the Brenton Strange second round hype? I don't know, man. It's weird. I don't know how it, I feel about this. This came out. You and I, I think, are both really big Brenton yeah. Strange fans. I think you and I both really saw him evolve this year. I think you and I both really love the mentality he he said that he had, where it's like I'm six five, like two forty. I should be, you know, dominating this game. And I think that attitude is is really really fun, and I think it's going to help him a lot in the pros. I I am curious how long he can ride this wave of late. NFL draft process hype. It, it, it's weird because about two weeks ago, it was either Todd McShay or um, the no skill position guy should ever commit to Penn State, dude. Um, Matt Miller. Oh, is that Albert Breer? No, Albert Breer, no, Al, Albert Breer was just never lose to Penn State at anything. Um, oh, yeah. Matt, yeah Matt, Matt, Miller, Miller was a Bleacher yeah. Report. He's now at ESPN. One of them just put him in the second yeah. round of their mock. And I was like, oh, this is... This is weird. Then uh, the other another person or two at ESPN put him in the second round. Suddenly you've just seen a little bit more popping up here and there uh, with, with him. Dane Brugler has hit a third or fourth round grade on him. Uh, Zierlein has a fourth round grade on him. PFF actually put out uh, a seven round mock today and didn't have him getting picked at all, which I... I, I, I saw that. I, I was, I, that seems like an error. I don't agree with that. So wait, PFF's numbers were wrong and it was just not actually accurate. Whoa. It stands for poop, fart, fart. Uh, I would probably promo code or our lions Roy check out. Yes. Uh, not at PFF at home field apparel. Uh, I, <laughs> yeah, but the thing with Brenton strange is that I think we've seen him, we've seen him develop every single year, get a little bit better every single year. His F he has some good athletic traits uh, in a 6'4 body. He's running a 4'740, good vertical, good broad jump, good agility numbers. I think his bench press was second among tight ends at the combine. And he's a 
again, he's kind of like Parker Washington, where he's not going to take the top off of a defense, which is a tight end. You're not going to want, you're not going to need him to do that. He's able to win 50, 50 balls. He's you're able to split him out wide a little bit. He's become a lot better as an inline blocker still has some ways to go, but has become more comfortable with that. And I think we'll keep getting comfortable with that. And yeah, I think I probably wouldn't take him in the second round. Uh, There are a few other tight ends in this draft that I think I like a little bit more than him, but I think he's going to be a very, how many Michael Mayer, Michael Mayer, Michael Mayer, definitely Dalton Kincaid, definitely Luke Musgrave. Definitely. Um, I like Darnell Washington. I think that his, I I think that there's just so much there to work with that. I'd probably take him Uh, Mm -hmm. Luke Schoonmaker out of Michigan, Samuel Porter out of Iowa are kind of different players uh, than him. but so if you want a, a better, pa- a more all around tight end, I'd probably say him. But if you want to, you know, if someone wants to bet on the Iowa tight end with Sam Laporta, who ran a four, five, nine, apparently, Jesus Christ. Why do absolutely, absolutely insane that the offense wasn't throw it to Sam Laporta and Brian Ferentz would be hailed as a God. It's absolutely insane. Yeah, it's weird how Iowa guys always get to the combine and then blow it up, but whatever. I'll, I'll, I'll let people make their own assumptions on what I'm trying to get at there. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't think any team, I think the team that takes Brenton strange is going to be really happy that they did that long and the short of it is I think they'd be very happy. They did that. He's a, he's a system second round pick. I think certain teams like him in the second, I think the, the, consensus I guess is the proper term there has him as like a third round pick I think the the Dolphins I think will be a good fit for him if he goes there in the second there's a lot of things he does really well um I think it's really mature of him that he shared a a position group with two other very talented guys who played a lot Uh, I think he's a guy who's shown he can make a big impact in a limited number of steps Mm. or of reps excuse me so I think he's going to be a really really good pro and That'll give Penn State how many tight ends active in the pros? It'll be Fryermuth, Gasicki, Nick Bowers. Do we want to? No, we can't count Zach Coons. We're not going to be Oklahoma, Alabama fans with Jalen Hurts. Um, but there's just a lot of dudes that uh, Penn State has found a way. A lot of tight ends in the last decade that Penn State gets to the pros, and Strange is a chance to be a really good one. So good for him. Yeah, and I, you know, I'm looking at teams that could potentially draft him. Uh, I. I think that there are going to be teams that pass on the opportunity to, um, you know, if you miss out on Michael Mayer, who I think is the best all-around tight end in this class, Dalton Kincaid, who I think is a monster pass catcher. I think Strange is a really good guy to bring into your program. I love the thought of him going to the Bengals, which have kind of had, you know, they have a bit of a hole at tight end now that Hayden Hurst is gone. And uh, after the last two years of CJ Uzoma no longer being there, the Cowboys have been a popular destination in mocks for uh, tight ends. I love the thought of him replacing Mike Kosicki in Miami. Uh, I think he yep. probably fits a little bit better with... Um, he blocks. Yeah, he, he fits a little bit better with what, uh, you know, kind of, you know, uh, Mike McDon- McDaniel is a Kyle Shanahan disciple, so I think he fits that Shanahan system a little bit better. Uh, so, yeah, I'd, I'd say something like that would be a really great outcome for him. Juice Scruggs, how high have you seen – you do a lot – you've done a good amount of this for your 9 to 5. How high have you seen him go? I feel like I've seen him as high as, like, the f- a fringe fourth rounder and as low as a, you know, 220 pick in the seventh round. 
Yeah, NFL Network has him as a round three to four guy. Uh, the Athletic has him as a fifth, sixth round guy. Uh, let me pull up PFF and I will maybe recant um, some of the mean things I just said. They have him going in. Uh, <laughs> they have him going in round four. So it seems like yeah. his ceiling is round four or so. Lots of like versatility, good pass blocker, you know, good story coming back from that car accident really early in his career. Uh, I think he was a very underrated piece of the Penn State offensive line last year. I think he was a a staple for a unit that desperately needed consistency. And I think there's a lot of value in that. He's a guy who I think is going to, I think maybe have a Ryan Bates-esque career where it takes him maybe a year or two to settle in, but he's going to find a pretty good payday in his future if all goes right. Yeah, I, I think that he, excuse me, I think that he's big, strong, physical, uh, seems like a guy, really good football IQ, really good leadership uh, attributes and stuff like that. He, You know, kind of the, he's really good as a kind of the, uh, as someone who can help out a quarterback and really understand all the ins and outs of an offense. He's not the quickest guy, you know, if you're looking for your center to pull, looking for your center to, you know, kind of lead the convoy. I don't necessarily think he's going to be the best, best guy for you, but I think, but that's the yeah. good news. Teams know that yeah. like teams watch his film. They know he's a pass blocking specialist. He's really freaking good at pass blocking. Yeah. I, I really good at pass blocking, but also someone who he's going to be a road grader in the run game. As long as you're not asking him to, you know, get out and do like stuff on outside zone or anything or anything with like sweet plays mm-hmm. or anything like that. Yep. Agreed. Where do you want to see him? Who? Um, I don't, I'm not certain on that. I, you know what? Let's, let's just say the easy one. I'd love to see him on the Eagles as someone who kind of sits there, learns behind Jason Kelsey for a year or two, and then, uh, steps into the best offensive line situation in the entire NFL. Yeah. I was going to say the bears, uh, because they desperately need a center. Uh, but also if I can't sit here and say he's a great pass blocker uh, and then put him in that bears offense, which is going to be crazy run heavy. Uh, I'd like to see him out on the West coast. I think he could do well with the chargers. I think he can do well with offenses that like to put uh, the ball in the air a lot. I think Vegas is a, is a not horrible option. I think they're going to air it out a little bit more. I think the Rams are a pretty good option. I think there's a, there's a lot of options for him to go on to be pretty successful. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm inclined to agree. I think, Ultimately, he's just a guy that I root for. And I, you know, I root for every Penn State guy, but you consider kind of the, you you know, you consider the circumstances under which his Penn State career got started, um, where he basically, you know, he doesn't play as a freshman because they want to redshirt him. And then a horrible car accident costs him his entire sophomore year. Like he's, and, and he's gone from that to being, an all big 10 caliber offensive lineman. So rooting for nothing but the best out of him. This is the one I'm most interested in. And Bill, I think I actually am dying to know your thoughts here. Cause I know you were a bigger fan. You may be a bigger fan of him than I was Mitchell Tinsley mm. seventh round. Yeah. Uh, I think something like that priority free agent by more, 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 more like more likely seventh round or undrafted. I, what do you I'd think? probably say undrafted. 
Uh, I think I'm with you. You look at him, uh, and Athletic NFL Network both have him as a guy who they uh, think is going to be a priority free agent. Uh, PFF doesn't have him getting drafted. I mean, I think that his lack of speed, his lack of athleticism, and the fact that he's basically a big physical possession receiver in a body that is six feet tall and 199 pounds. If he was two inches taller, this is a surefire day two pick. I'd probably say top end of day three, but yeah, I I, I think if he had just a little bit more size to him, um, Mm -hmm. you know, you look through his games at Penn state and it wasn't like, you know, he looks like a guy who was, whose big numbers were a product of Western Kentucky's offense, which that is totally fine. But at the same time, it's not like Western Kentucky's offense has a really great track record of sending guys in the NFL. I I think that he's correct. Really? He's a good competitor. He's a strong receiver, a good person to keep or keep around. He's willing to go up and fight for a football. Uh, But yeah, I, I don't see him getting drafted, but I I can see him making an NFL roster as a priority free agent. I it's tough. Like it, Penn State has had a ton of success with dudes as undrafted free agents. Kevin Givens has had a nice paycheck. Ryan Bates has. Dan Chisena, I know, is on a reserve contract with the Steelers right now after a few years in Minnesota. The hard part is all of those guys do different things. I think Mitchell Tinsley was never really anything on special teams for Penn State. He's not quick enough to be a punt returner. That's where I think this is going to be a struggle. He has to clearly show he can catch everything that comes his way and make enough guys miss to be worthy of a roster spot. I think he's a guy who can hang around on practice squads for a while, uh, and I hope he does. I think you know Penn State has hit on pretty much every transfer they've taken so far. They've gotten a good amount of them to the pros, uh, but I think Tinsley has a bit of an uphill climb if he's yeah. going to get there. Uh, in terms of where I'd like to see him, uh, again, Bears need as many pass catchers as they can get. You know, get him in here, see what he can do. Uh, I think there's a lot of options for people who need receivers are the hottest thing in football right now. Like if you can get one for cheap, who can perform for you, that is an insanely valuable asset. So I hope that Tinsley gets his shot. Yeah. And he can kind of copy and paste the list that I put out with Parker Washington for him. Just be, mm-hmm. or, you know, may, or, or maybe he goes to a place like, you know, Carolina and is part of, you know, part of building up chemistry with a guy like Bryce Young or wherever CJ Stroud goes or wherever Anthony Richardson goes, you know, that kind of thing. We don't have a Matt rule anymore to just take Penn Staters yeah. and give them homes in the NFL. So that's a bummer. Well, I, I, well um, it's not necessarily a bummer because Matt rule is going to do a very bad job at Nebraska. So really, do you think he's going to do a bad job? I, bum, bum. I've sold all my wow. Matt rule stuff. I think this guy is fraudulent as all get up. Bill, are you are you messing with me? Or are you serious? I'm, I am not. I am out on that rule. Wow, we're gonna have a discussion one day. It's a long off season. We're gonna have a discussion. Sure, that's that right, that's fine. On. And when uh, Nebra- Nebraska's going to Nebraska's going to a bowl this year, mm-hmm. and they're gonna win ten in the next three. Ne- Nebraska can certainly go to a bowl next year. Uh, they would be winning two more games than they won last season. And guess what? I don't care. Because at a place like Nebraska, this is is like breaking. At a place like Nebraska, the goal is to compete. 
for the best of the best. And I don't think bringing in a guy who I think is as phony as Matt Rule is, is going to help you compete to the best of the best, especially when it is a place like Nebraska, where it's an uphill battle to even get talent in there. 2027 bill is going to be really mad. Sure. Why not? All right. Let's, let's move on to a polarizing figure, but one I have settled on will be selected in the NFL draft this weekend. Bill, Sean Clifford's getting drafted, isn't he? Uh, I would probably say no. He's interviewing too many places that's, not that's, to be, that, I think, at this point. But at the same time, it could be a matter of all these places are interviewing him because they want to be able to grab him as a priority free agent. And they want to be able to. If you really and 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 when and when Sean and when Sean has his pick of the litter, they want to be able to say, "Hey, we brought you in. We started to build up that relationship with us. Why don't you come here?" If Sean does get drafted, that will mean every quarterback to start a game under James Franklin has been selected in the NFL draft. Hack McSorley, uh, Cliff, if he gets there, Levis had one start. And I don't know if Stevens ever started a game, but Stevens was drafted. So that's a hell of a run. Yeah, not a bad one. Um, but yeah, I, I I don't exactly expect that Sean is going to get to the NFL and be the next Brock Purdy or anything. If Sean's in the NFL in five years and isn't, uh, you know, if he's in the NFL in five years, instead of being a very successful business person, I'd be really surprised, which not a knock on Sean by any stretch of the imagination. It's just, I I think that's probably more what the future holds for him, but you know, he has a lot of stuff about him as a leader, as a person, as a guy who's, you know, kind of been through some stuff and come out on the other side of it pretty good that I wouldn't be, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if some team in the seventh picks him, but I still think priority free agent. We're going to be tweeting uh, Sean Clifford preseason highlights from the blog account this summer, no doubt in my mind. I will say, I think Sean Clifford has longevity in the NFL. And for a guy, for a seventh-round pick, longevity, I think, qualifies as three years. And I think that reason is he he can back up everybody in the NFL. He's a good enough runner to back up anybody. He can learn an offense quick enough to back up anybody. Like, quarterbacks are, there's maybe like 12 good quarterbacks on the planet. Like if you can get one of the 90 okay ones, that's, that's all you can ask for. So I think, I think Cliff is going to hear his name called. I have no idea why I feel so good about this, but I think he's a guy who's, you know, maybe going to be on a practice squad for a couple of years. And if he ever starts a game, I would love to see an entire fan base have a meltdown. Uh, (laughs) It'll be so much funnier if he's, if he actually delivers in that game. Yeah. I, I, I don't think he has, the kind of consistent accuracy. And I don't think he has the, you know, NFL caliber arm strength, which, you know, for all the stuff about how good he is between the ears, how good he's going to be in a locker room. You know, I'd love it if he ended up in, you know, I said the Brock Purdy thing a second ago, I'd love it if he ended up in a place like San Francisco where, uh, you know, he's never really going to be asked to stretch the field too terribly much. And I think his intangibles and football IQ for a guy who I think is probably the best offensive head coach in the NFL and Kyle Shanahan would be a really good kind of fit between player and coach. But ultimately, yeah, like 
I don't know if Sean is going to have a long NFL career by any stretch of the imagination. Obviously rooting for him though. Cause like that guy deserves it. He's a green Bay Packer. I think he is a hundred percent a Packer and bill. Let's play a bit of a game to end things out. This is more or less the last Sean Clifford Penn state event. We're going to have uh, for many, many, many years. And if he goes to the Packers, the Packers were long criticized for not giving their quarterback high-level NFL talent. And they don't need to do that for Sean Clifford because Sean Clifford has already played with a lot of high-level NFL talent. And, Bill, the game today is Sean Clifford threw a touchdown pass to 18 different Nittany Lions over his illustrious Penn State career. Bill. Okay. Can you name them? Okay, so his first one was to Daniel George. Correct. Um, and then receivers, Jahan Dotson, Mitchell Correct. Tinsley, Parker Washington, uh, Keandre Lambert-Smith, Trey Wallace. Uh, how do you feel about that? You feel confident about that? Well, the name of the game isn't, I, how confident am I? It's you tell me the answer. Okay, no, he They're did not throw in to Trey okay. Wallace. Drew, Drew Aller did. Drew Aller threw to Trey Wallace. Okay. Uh, going back a little bit, uh, DeAndre Tompkins. No. Really? Never caught one. Yeah, and Brandon Polk. Tompkins would have been here 14, 15, 16, 17, and 18. Cliff took over in 19. Brandon Polk is Brandon one. Polk that is one. one I would have bet the house you didn't get. Okay. Um... The funny thing is I'm absolutely missing people from last season. Um, Brenton Strange, Theo Johnson, Tyler Warren, Pat Fryermuth, um, Miles Sanders, Devin Ford, Katron Allen. Miles Sanders, he never caught one from Miles. Really? Mm-mm, Miles never caught one. Interesting. Okay. Um, Nick Single. Sorry, repeat. Who'd you say, who, who'd you say after Miles Sanders? Kayvon Lee. Yep. Devin Ford. Devin Ford never caught never one. From him. Okay. Uh, Nick Singleton. Correct. Patron Allen. Correct. Um, how many do I have so far? Uh, I believe you're missing one, two, three. I have you as missing three, but you may have already said the most obvious one. I may have not heard you. His, his buddy from high school. His buddy from high school. Damn. Why, why am I brain farting on this one? They didn't go to high school together, but they famously came in together. Oh, God. Um, Currently in the National Football League. I said Jahan, but it's not him. Um, Currently. You're you're missing one wide receiver, one running back, but you may have said him in that rush, and one tight end. Okay, one tight end, Nick Bowers. Wow, I did not think you were going to get Nick Bowers. That is correct. One running back. I said, okay, uh, let's let's go back. I said Devin Ford. I said K- Kayvon Lee. I said Katron Allen. I said Nick Singleton. I said no on Booby. Um, oh, Noah Kane. It is not really. Noah it is Noah Kane. Never got one. Interesting. Okay. Um, You're gonna be so mad at these last okay, two. Okay, so wouldn't it be De- Ricky Slade? It is not Ricky not Slade. Not Ricky Slade. Okay, just go ahead and say him. All right, I'll give you the running give, back. Give me, the, you, give you me, hint. Give me, give me hints. 
You may have said, did you say Journey Brown? I didn't say Journey. God damn it. Okay. Journey's one. All right, the receiver. You're, you have to get this, Bill. I have to get this. It's a Penn State receiver who's currently in the NFL. God, I, I know our listeners are just screaming at their podcast, <laughs> their, their, their AirPods or whatever right now. Uh, what NFL team is he on? I can't. I don't give it away. Okay. He's in the AFC. He's in the AFC. Okay. Um, in the AFC, wouldn't be – I don't think there's a Penn State guy – on Buffalo. Oh, I'm going to be mad. Um, if, you want me, if you want me to tell you, I will now tell you if you want me to tell you. Oh, KJ Hamler. It is KJ Hamler. Well we done, go. Bill. I am impressed. I'm I, not. I, it took me forever to get KJ Hamler. The journey, the journey Brown one was tough. I, I did not think you were going to get Daniel George. You got that right off the bat. Well, because Daniel, Daniel George right. was like, the, it was the longest touchdown in uh, program history or whatever. Right, but it was a, a meaningless game against Kent State five years ago. Well, if, if, uh, the if, if Pol- listen, one, listen, listen. You spent an entire last season extrapolating extrapolating out meaningless games to say Drew Aller should be Penn State's starting quarterback. Don't you dare hit me with it being meaningless that I remember the Sean Clifford threw a touchdown to Daniel George, Matthew. Uh, Another question. Where is Daniel George going to play football this fall? Is he at Akron? He is at Akron. Okay. Thought so. Well done. Brandon Polk. I'm impressed you got, I think Penn state beat Pitt by a lot. The last time they played. That's right. Yeah. I I can't remember the exact score. I think it was that it may have been like 51 to six. (laughs) No one remembers. Um, Who's to say. Uh, I'm surprised you got Bowers. Bowers caught a couple. He caught one against Maryland, and he caught one against Minnesota. And then Catron Allen, I did not think you were going to get. Really? That was, do you remember when that one was? Uh, no, I don't. It was with a minute and like 20 seconds to go down 20 this year against Ohio State after everything fell apart. Okay. And I'm surprised you did not guess Mac Hippenhammer. I would have really thought you guessed Mac. But Mac Mac was not one of them. Or Mac was not. Okay. Mac's touchdown against Pitt came from McSorley. Okay, but you were simply saying that you thought I would have guessed Mac. Okay. Correct. Yeah, I really thought you would have guessed Mac. Ah, <laughs> uh, well. Wow. God. I'm impressed. I, a lot of these, I'm, right, I'm mad at myself for not getting Journey. A lot of pros here. Brenton Strange, pro. Theo Johnson, going to be a pro. Parker Washington, pro. Jahan, pro. KJ, pro. Tyler Warren, fringe pro. Keandre Lambert-Smith, fringe pro. Journey would have been a pro. Firemouth, pro. Bowers, pro. Singleton and Allen, both pros. A lot of, lot of pros here. So. Uh, yeah. A lot of, uh, there have been a lot of very good football players who have come through Happy Valley in recent years. And even more, we'll hear their names called this weekend at the 2023 NFL Draft. Bill, that's all I got. Any final thoughts for our listeners to send everybody into the remainder of their weekend to the weekend? No, just uh, should be a really fun week with the NFL Draft. It's always a great chance to uh, celebrate the guys who use Happy Valley as a springboard to the highest level of football. So I'm glad that we're going to get an opportunity to do that this week. Do you think West Virginia is going to be a 7:30 kick? Ooh, I I I'm going to say no because I don't follow Abdul Carter on Instagram. <laughs> I think I think that'll be really neat. I think that'll yeah, be really Yeah, I, I hope it happens. The first the first game for Todd Blackwich as the new, you know, 
he's going to be going against her going up against Herbie and Fowler, like college football's a team. And for Todd Blackledge, a great Penn state alum to have his first game in this new time slot, be at his alma mater, I think will just be really cool. Like also shout out Noah Eagle. He's a, for being 25 years old, that dude is a phenomenal, not even with the caveat of his age. That dude is just straight up one of the better play by play dudes in the business. He did great for the Penn state Michigan game last year. That's a fun crew. And I, I I don't know Noah, but he's a friend of a friend and uh, apparently he's a very good person. Noah, come on the pod. Let's talk. Yeah, man, let's Uh, do it. If we get an announce, if, if we get an announcement there, maybe, maybe we'll, we'll see what we can do. So Bill, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you to our listeners for listening. Be sure to use promo code ROAR, LIONS, ROAR, all caps, all one word at checkout at homefieldapparel.com. Be sure to leave us a five-star review on your podcast platform of choice. We'll be having a basketball podcast coming up next week to keep up with our about one a month cadence in the offseason. A lot has happened in the last month just in terms of roster moves. A lot of guys have stayed. A lot of guys have potentially left but could be coming back and a lot of dudes have entered the fold so be on the lookout for that the portal will be closing here i think on april 30th so this time next week we'll have a pretty good idea of where the roster stands and bill next week is finals week which means a new group of transfers especially dante sebas and trey potts should be joining the roster officially next week and I believe every year now we are getting more and more May Mester enrollees. So we'll get a good list of that. So plenty more to talk about here on Roar Lions Roar. Thank you all so much for listening. Thank you to my co-host, Bill DeFilippo. I'm Matt Flipovitz. Go State. City 4, Arsenal 1. Come on, City.